Another Bad Side podcast. Listen, in this episode, we give it a little bit of our take on the Smiths. So unless you've been under a rock and you missed the Oscars, you missed all the hoopla, we give our take on the conversation. So tap in, tune in, tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a loved one, the bad side's on. Well, officially, it has been a week. (laughs) Happy Monday. Welcome to a new, beautiful week. Hopefully you had a great week. Can I just say, can I just say I am truly, truly grateful for my wife, for my family, for um, us not having a toxic marriage us not having a uh, a tumultuous situation that plays out in front of the world so let me just say that uh i am truly truly grateful for that big shout out to my boo who definitely came through last week we did a photo shoot um well i did a photo shoot well no we did a photo shoot she was the architect behind the photo shoot though um who, who really you know i could not have done it without her And so we got some great things that we're working on that I required a photo shoot. I talked to um, one of my friends. He was like, yo, this dude's doing another photo shoot. And if you follow our journey, (laughs) it's really not that many shoots. They happen really one every two to three years. (laughs) It just looks like it. Uh, The last time that I did a solo photo shoot, was the last time that uh, my first book came out. Big shout out to his love letters for her. That was my first book that came out. That came out in 2018. That book came out in 2018. So I think it was 2018, 2017 that I did my last photo shoot. No, it might've been 2018, something like that. Uh, was the last time and obviously it's it's years later. Um, And then after that, we did a family photo shoot around 2020 or 2019 no it was 2020 2020 we was married um with uh no children well no birthing children so around that time again well uh you know we're in project release mode so we needed some new updates and uh that's what we were able to do but again i could not have done that without my wife so big shout out to her for holding me down that's kind of the segue. It's important to have a spouse who holds you down. And um, had a lot of conversations this week about um, what happened at the Oscars. Can I just say that we are a culture who (laughs) has become extremely desensitized to um, a lot of things. Um, Even myself, I'm guilty of it. We're, Social, digital media, news outlets, you might think that um, it just becomes a lot, but it's really just a week of information. An event happens, and we quickly are ready to move on to the next thing. And so, unless you were living out under a rock, uh, this previous week, uh, last Sunday, uh, the Oscars took place, which most of us didn't know it was actually even on. I surely didn't. I didn't know. 
And at the event, Chris Rock makes a one-liner joke about Will Smith's wife. And it resulted in Will getting up out of his seat, smacking Chris Rock. And then after that, sits back down, says a few expletive words. And then on it goes, on it goes. So Billy, we're Billy a week later. And for the most part, people were like, let's move on now. (laughs) That's crazy. That's just how, that's how we do, man. That's the world that we live in. And uh, I I get it to some degree, but sometimes we got to pause and like, yo, it takes time to process traumatic moments. And no one can really rush you through your process. Ah, unfortunately, this uh, thing that happened is going to live on the Internet forever, forever and ever, which I think is kind of one of the things I want to talk about today is in the area of how do we begin to govern our relationships, protect our marriage so that it does not get to these big extreme events now we talk about the bad side and bad things happen in relationships but what can we learn from it what can we learn from the smiths um and i will say that um you know i i shared out a post um last week and I want to read a little bit of it and we're going to break some of it down because a couple of people had some questions or better yet, they made some comments on my post and, you know, some didn't agree, which is fine. You're entitled to not agree. <laughs> uh, what you're not entitled to do is just be rude and disruptive and then, you know, feel like I got the right to say rudely what I want to say. Nope, nope, no, no, not in my house. Um <laughs> But I said something, and I just want to share it here. Uh, I'll read what I wrote, and uh, we'll get to my initial question about how do we navigate and manage uh, a healthy or unhealthy relationship publicly, because I think that that happens. I think sometimes when our relationship that happens behind closed doors is not managed uh, appropriately or effectively, things will happen and people will see stuff (laughs) and you're left like, what is that? Um, but here's what I said. Here's what I said. Um, I said, what did I say? Um, mm, um, that a couple things I said, a couple things. So let's jump down and get down to the point. The point is, Will and Jada invited the world in to have a seat at their dirty laundry table. They openly admitted having an open relationship on both sides. They have also said they don't believe in marriage. They have long-term partnerships. I think Will has given Jada a license to drive the relationship because of a lot that he has done or has not done. He wasn't always he hasn't always protected his wife. She hasn't protected his legacy, and he hasn't protected her heart. Sharing out your bedroom, life doesn't make you human. It makes you messy. We do need better representation of marriages in the world, and images make an impact. So a couple key points I said were these. Let's be clear. Key number one, slapping a man in the face on live TV for a jab is not protecting your wife because Will Smith said that he is here to protect the people that he loves. 
And I said, slapping somebody in the face on live TV is not protecting your wife. You were triggered because of how the public has responded to your marriage and how you represented it. Are there times when you may need to put pause on somebody? Yeah, that's true. But that was not it. Key number two, we choose who to strike and how we strike. You never get points for punching the weak dude in the face. Black men are tested all the time, often by gaslighting white folks who are often passive aggressive. We know this. We just count the costs and how we choose to respond. Was Chris insensitive? Yes, but he only poked funds at a situation that you gave him access to. I'm going to come back to that because people had questions about that. He insulted your wife because he felt like he could and you slapped him because you felt like you could. Don't invite someone to your filthy house and get mad at them for throwing trash on the floor. Hey, Jada, key number three. Hey, Jada, you should have grabbed your husband before he got up to the stage and said, listen, baby, I'm okay, and we will handle this later. Next key. Well, you could have easily gave the black man stare down, check, check that said, don't play with me. You could easily, You could have easily gave the black man stare down. And that stare down would have said, don't play with me or my wife. The joke is over. Your response was trauma response, not a Superman. Lois Lane response. Next key. There's always room for the redemption. It wasn't your finest moment. You're still a good brother. We were disappointed, but the next lap starts at home. Lead your family the right way. We didn't have a lot of examples, and we don't know the weight that you carry. Pick your crown back up. Last key, black men need therapy and a safe place to manage their emotions and PTSD. They also need other black men to encourage them and hold them accountable like Denzel and Tyler did. We were triggered all day. They always win. They always will win, pun intended, when we lose it. Now, a couple things I want to say. Uh, one of the areas that people uh, had a question about they was the one when I said when you invite someone in, when you invite, he poked fun at a situation that you gave him access to. He insulted your wife because he felt like he could, and you slept, slapped him because you felt like you could. Now, somebody asked a question. They said, well, why, how does the situation with their open marriage and her um, being in an in entanglement justify him now poking fun at her having alopecia. Great question. Here's here's why. Here's what I said. Or here's what here's what I'm saying. When you give people access to something, when you open up an opportunity for them to have any sort of commentary about your relationship, especially the intimate parts, they don't now know where the cutoff point might be. Because you've given them so much access to one of the most sacred parts of your relationship, they don't think in their minds, you know what? Well, I can't crack a joke about her hair or her, uh, you know, condition. Because the common thought process is, is which what, what everybody immediately went to. They was like, yo, well, why didn't you bring that smoke to uh, August Alcina? Why didn't you bring that to him? Right. Why do you think they went to that? They went to that because in their mind, they're like, dude, you're getting mad over a joke, uh, but you're not mad at the fact that she was uh, involved with another dude. Now, here's the thing. They agreed on their open relationship status. They agreed to it, which makes this even more complex. 
Not only did they agree on the open relationship status, but they agreed to share the fact that they had an open relationship with the rest of the world. They talked about going on breaks. There's been always these rumors about uh, Will and his relationships, and Jada talked about her breaks, and then they go on to say that they're not even married. They don't consider what they have a marriage. They consider it a partnership where divorce is off the table. So you've said, okay, we're not even defining this as a marriage. Okay. But then you go on to say, don't talk about my wife. Now I'm confused. Wife, husband, those are marital terms. Those are, uh, those are agreed upon terms that are connected to your vows, right? Because you, sh- I guess you would have said, don't talk about my friend or my partner or my life companion uh, but whatever the case you get again you have given the world access to you now let me say this being visible does not equate to access they are celebrities which means they are visible figures that does not mean that everyone is entitled or has open access to any details of your relationship. The problem is, is you gave them access to that. You gave them open information. Now, I'm not saying that that's wrong because I, 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 I've been following Will for, you know, the past couple of years and I've watched um, his um, his uh, dealings on social media, his YouTube channels and he talked about how he wanted to connect on that level from just being this big megastar to now being somebody that people could connect to and relate to. So in that, he has shared his journey. Uh, he recently came out with his book, Will, that talked a lot about the domestic violence situation that he was raised in. He talks about Jada's, uh, him and Jada's relationship <laughs> in the book. Now, again, if you open the door you now welcome in the opinion. Now, here's the thing. That only becomes a problem when it's not managed appropriately. When you have invited people in and then now you become sensitive about the commentary that comes along with it. Now, that doesn't make you inhumane. That doesn't make you, um, you know, exempt because people have feelings. You have to you have to function in these these bodies. So I get it. There comes a point where you just say, hey, I'm having an off day. I can't do this today. You get grace for that. You get grace for that. But I think what happens is or what has happened is there have been a lot of things about their relationship that I don't think that they've even been sure of <laughs> because he goes on to say, even in one of his interviews, like, listen, I don't recommend anybody do what we did. This ain't for everybody. So that to me doesn't say like, this is a good idea. You're like, nah, this probably wasn't a good idea. This, this wasn't a good thing. So that, that is the, the dynamics of why a comedian felt like I crack a little light joke because to me, this is nothing in comparison to what you've shared. I am almost positive that thought process because he felt he had the right to or he felt that he could. And so obviously that didn't go over well, (laughs) which brings me to the next thing. 
Um, how you manage things as a couple impacts everybody around you. I'll say that again. How you manage things as a couple impacts everyone around you. Now, we talk about divorce on this uh, podcast, and it is important to know when you divorce someone or before you even get to the divorce, the toxicity in that relationship or the dysfunction in that relationship, it will impact you and everyone around you. I can't, uh, I can't, um, I can't count how many times, uh, when I would show up to an event and, you know, you'd be worried about how things are going to go there and, you know, she's feeling some type of way or y'all just had an argument and you at the barbecue and people can see that the tension is there. I've been there and I'm sure others have been there as well. We like, oh, shoot. Yeah, Sheila's mad at me again. And, you know, or Sheila decides to cuss you out in front of people. And it makes for a tense situation. <laughs> it makes for a tense situation. So look at that in this the context of this Oscar event where it made everybody tense. And one of, here, here I'm going to say something profound here, but I hope that you catch this. When you have not dealt with your relationship or the traumas connected to you as an individual or the traumas connected to that relationship, you then open a door to traumatizing other people. Yep. Do you know how many people who just sat in the audience that were physically there at the audience, physically there at the Oscars, who are now exposed to a level of violence that they only saw on TV. That while they are they are actors and entertainers, for a lot of them, the only time they've seen somebody get smacked in the face in that type of fashion was in a film that they were in. They've not seen that outside of there. They've not seen that in real time, in real life, or somebody get cussed out like that, or feel that level of aggression happen. That was a first time for a lot of people that were there at that event. And again, when you don't have house in order or when things are not where they should be, other people are going to get exposed to that, which gets me to my next point. It was clear that um, Will had a lot of deeper things that might have been uh, he might have been wrestling with or trying to deal with or trying to battle. You don't just get up and get to that point in an instant. No, 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 no. That's that's equivalent to the person cutting you off in the road and then you getting out of your car and you cussing them out or you kick the door and you just lose it. No, you lost it because there was something underneath that helped you to lose it <laughs> and you fell apart. It's a problem. So suffice to say that there was things that were bubbling underneath for him to express himself in that way, it was clear, like, dude, this is not just about your wife. This is about you. This is about you. This is about the things that you've experienced. And, you know, he, he was he was honest in the sense he's like, listen, I got more work to do. I'm a work in progress. Yeah. The, the unfortunate part of that is while we're working through our progress, sometimes we injure people. We injure people. 
And those things may be forgivable, but that doesn't mean we'll always have an opportunity to reconcile. That doesn't mean we'll always get a second chance. Now, they're deliberating this past week about what he can and can't do moving forward and deals that may be off of the table. You know, that comes with it. We don't get the right to uh, strike or to do something, make a bad decision, and then decide how the outcome is going to pan out. Same thing with relationships. You cannot decide how people are going to respond to the damage that you do. You don't get to do that. And some of us think that we can until we find out, no, you can't do that. That's not how that works. We cannot have, uh, we cannot invite you here anymore. You may not come to the cookout next year. (laughs) You may not come to the birthday party because people don't know how to respond and how to react. Which is why I also said, listen, therapy is, it's, it's important, especially as men. And the reason why I say that uh, for situations like this, because I think the, the way that we are defining love, I think, can be dangerous. Because if my definition of love becomes a consequence for you then is that really love if you you you're defining me protecting somebody because of i love them and hurting somebody else is that love like the guy or the girl who cheats on somebody and they're like yeah i didn't tell you because i love you i don't love them that's why i go out and just do what i do you know but i love you that's why i don't do that right (laughs) that's not love that's lunacy and what's dangerous is we try to write our own definitions of something and then when it fails it's like well you know hey you know i'm just human that's a problem that's a problem so the smiths they tried to redefine what a relationship is they found out hey maybe that don't work maybe it i don't think that's working Then they said, this is what love is, and this is what love does, and then that doesn't work either. And outside of them, we see a lot of people in relationships doing the same thing. And then when it doesn't work, it's like, okay, oh, well, maybe we'll try something else. The problem is, is we're trying to go against uh, things that have been ingrained since the beginning of time that automatically function or lead us to function in a healthy way. What do I mean by that? Uh, We're not designed to just deal with pain. Now imagine you're in a relationship experiencing pain and someone tries to get you to believe that this is what you're supposed to do. This is what you're supposed to feel. Everything in you has to now reprogram itself, trying to bend to that definition. Right. And there's something in you that it's in all of us that hungers for healthy, that hungers to be loved appropriately. Mm. That's why even when it gets to things like uh, the open marriage thing, me and my wife talked about this. And if you notice a lot of these open marriages examples, they're one sided. A lot of them are the dude 
uh, who's the dominant uh, person in it, and he maybe have two females, or two or three females. You don't see a whole... I have not seen one yet where the woman is the center figure and you see them pi pictured with her and five other dudes. And they say, this is our relationship. And it's just one female. I have not seen that yet. Do you know why? <laughs> Do you know why? Because there's a level of um, primal nature that exists in every man. Where if he's going to wipe you up or he's going to consider you his one and only or or he's going to consider you his, there's a mental part that goes along with that. Where he doesn't, he's good until he feels like, oh, you with a bunch of other dudes too? Because now his psyche has to figure out how to manage that. Oh, you doing all of that? Okay. When we talk about bringing other people into our bedroom, I really just meant another woman. I didn't mean another man. Look at the patterns. You don't see that. And him have the same level of value for you? Imagine that. Why? Because it doesn't work. It doesn't work. The male mind is fragile. The ego is fragile. So I have to get over the fact that you're like, hey, you all have another dude and, you know, and you're going to bring the dude home? Yeah, all right. <laughs> that ain't happening. It doesn't happen. Or maybe it does happen, but I can guarantee you the male psyche, he's checked out. He's he's not he's put you in a different category of how he sees you, how he views you. I guarantee it. It's fragile. I was just watching that Ben Affleck movie. Uh, I think it was called Deep Waters, and it was so stupid. It was his wife, you know, would just like end up dating other dudes while they're married. And he just was acting like he was in denial. But people was like, yo, bro, your wife is just cheating on And she didn't hide it at all. She didn't hide it. And what did he do? He decided to kill the dudes that she was getting involved with physically. <laughs> right? Because that does something to your mental. Does something. It does something. <laughs> so what does that mean? You're trying to redefine certain things. And then when you find out that definition is not working because you're trying to reinvent everything, we have a problem. And then everybody starts to see, hey, there is a problem and we don't know what to do about it because we've made a mess. We've opened things up and now we have to deal with the consequences to this. And that's what we witnessed on Sunday. Will Smith is still one of my favorite actors and entertainers. I will say there are aspects of who he is that I applaud. I love uh, a man pressing into uh, the vulnerable spaces, confronting the hard conversations. Um, I love uh, the therapeutic process of trying to heal. But what I don't love is the lack of responsibility in how you manage that how you manage that. There's some things that you just need to take offline. They need to be private because you're uncertain in that. I think what makes his thing, his situation more complex is because he's, he's a superstar. He's a millionaire. He also is a professional actor. So he can go in and out of characters. There's a level of, of, of fragile, uh, fragile like state, which also makes him great at his talent. But, 
I don't know if he's managing that well all of the time. As for his spouse, I think, <sighs> I think if you follow Jada's story, you find out there's some deep rooted stuff there as to why she views relationships the way that she does. It was extremely uh, dysfunctional. The way that she talked about being intimate with another dude while they were still married. Now they talked about, we were separated. We didn't think he was going to make it, but the way that she just casually talked about it, I was healing him. Um, I was, you know, we were involved and I felt his pain so deeply and, Man, <laughs> but the problem is you were still married to a dude who was like, yo, I don't care about that. I don't agree with that. Right. But the point I said uh, in the post again, I think, well, there's been a lot he has done and a lot he has not done. So she feel like, yo, dude, do you know what you've been out here doing? How are you going to talk to me about this one little situation? And then I think the way that they handle things by taking things to their little red table talk, that is a mess. It's a mess. And I've listened to a couple of them in the past, but I'm like, that is just stupid. <laughs> That's just dumb. That doesn't, I know that sounds harsh, but a lot of the thoughts and, and actions and, and opinions, they're just not healthy. They just, you're trying to create this ecosystem um, that is unsustainable and it's been proven to be unsustainable. And now here y'all are trying to navigate in this self-identifying relationship that you're like, okay, well, that's cool. That'll work if y'all just don't deal with any other humans because the moment everyone else is exposed to it, it becomes extremely toxic, it becomes toxic. Keep them views to yourself. If that's the way y'all want to run, keep them quiet and handle certain things behind closed doors. Everything is not something that needs to be available for public consumption. And I don't think that you two were at a place in your relationship where y'all were fully confident and firm-footed on what this thing is, so now we'll give the world an insight and access to it. You weren't there. And now we see, based on his statement, yeah, you know, people are constantly talking. They're talking about you as it relates to your marriage, my man, they're talking about how you appeared um, as it related to the entanglement. People have not dogged Will Smith as an actor at all. You did not hear any negative headlines until his little red table talks with his wife. You didn't hear it. People might have thrown a, license, a, a, a review about him, but it wasn't until he started opening up pieces of his marriage, his personal growth process and their, you know, the way that they navigate stuff. You didn't hear nothing. You didn't hear nothing, which <laughs> that gets back to the point of the dissection of the different videos that we've seen where one minute he's laughing, looks at his wife. She's not laughing. He goes and strikes, but then his wife proceeds to laugh after he slaps <laughs> Chris Rock. That doesn't seem healthy to me. So you laughed at the reaction, but you didn't laugh at the insult. So you were more pleased with a, another grown man getting humiliated on 
stage in front of the world, then you found it fun. Then finding the subpar joke funny, right? That's dysfunction right there. That that that's just that's imbalanced right there. But what can we learn from the Smith? Again, you got to manage your relationship. When things become toxic, other people are infected by your toxic relationship. Everything does not require public consumption. Don't do it. Not a good idea. When you screw up, be honest about your screw ups. Quickly. Be honest. And if you're going to redefine something, just know in your redefinition, be clear on it. It needs to make sense to you first. And then sometimes it may make only sense to you. And that's fine. But keep it to yourself. (laughs) But if you don't, don't get mad when the wolves come for you. So that was my spiel on it. I just wanted to get that in there. I felt like it was necessary. I know the past episode we were talking about grief. But I did want to give my uh, take on this because I felt like Uh, It is important. Let's not pretend that we don't need healthy examples of what relationships look like. We do, especially as people uh, speak for myself uh, as a a person of color. We need them. We did not have a lot of those examples growing up. Now, granted, Hollywood is just a Hollywood image. So we're not talking about them as a Hollywood couple. We're talking about them as a couple that was offline because it has only been when they started to share the personal stuff that people started to tap into their humanity, right? So you get a C minus for taking the risk. You get an F in how you managed all of it. You got an F. But again, little boys, little girls who don't know what that is, they need to see um, things to aspire after. We need to see healthy relationships in the world that are not dysfunctional. Good, healthy representations of what love is. And what love is not, we need to see it. It does matter. There are some things that do need to be public in terms of what healthy looks like. And that's okay. Because some people have a desire to build families. Some people have a desire to be married. Some people have a desire to build long-term companionships. But we need uh, healthy definitions of that. And in my view of love... I have yet to see a better definition of love than what God defines as love and what the scriptures say about love and how it flows, how it doesn't flow. Well, I'm not even going to well, I'll get into it and what it talks about the, the, the biblical perspective of someone giving their life because of love, because of love. That that to me is 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 truly uh, it's, it's profound. It's it's empowering. It's selfless. And uh, guess what it did? It uh, changed the world. That's love. And what else does the scriptures say for love? First Corinthians chapter thirteen. Yeah, I'm going there. I'm going there. Chap chapter thirteen. First Corinthians chapter thirteen. It said thirteen verse four. Love is patient and kind love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude it does not demand its own way it's not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong it does not rejoice about injustice but rejoices whenever the truth wins out love never gives up 
never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. It endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now, knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture, meaning you can go spiritual. That's only going to get to a certain degree. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought as a reason as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see the things imperfectly like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know is partial and incomplete. That means I can go as far as I think that I know. I can go as far as I think that I can know that possibly know everything, but it still comes incomplete. That I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. But it tells you what love is, what love does, how love responds, how love acts. Was Will Smith being loving? Mm. <laughs> sure didn't seem like it. <sighs> Hope that was a good one. Hope that helped somebody out. Let me know. Share out the podcast as you have done so thus far. I appreciate all the love and support that you folks have um, extended. And uh, hopefully you continue to tune in even after this. Back with you next week for another episode of the Bad Side Podcast. <laughs> Be filled with vibe and empowered every day of your life until we meet and we eat together again. Peace. <laughs>